Wicked friends, I'm Alexa. And I'm Kirsty. And this is Pacific North Wicked. A podcast about true crime and other spooky stuff in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to episode two. Nope, three. It's three. I'm still editing two. One. This will be three when I publish it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I wanted I wanted to save this story for this podcast because I'm a fucking idiot. I'm so excited. So I went grocery shopping for my dad in the morning, okay? Mm-hmm. Early morning. And I needed to go to this one specific store, and they didn't open until 8. Okay. So I'm sitting in the parking lot, and I'm obviously on TikTok on my phone. Clearly, what else do you do? Not paying months? attention to any of my surroundings. Okay. Sounds correct. Right? Which is not normal for me because I'm very paranoid. But I, like, look up, and there's a fucking guy standing by my window of my door. Did you scream? No, I jumped. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like sitting there and I go, what the shit is this? And likely transient. His face was very dirty. He had nicer clothes on, but his hands were like caked in dirt. So I like crack my window just a smidge and I go, can I help you? And he goes, you have a pen? And he's holding like a piece of small cardboard. So I reach into my bag, my work bag, because I know exactly where a pen is in that bag. Of course. And so I just like reach in, don't even got to look, grab the pen, and I stick it out the window. And when I stick it out the window, he says, sorry, I need to ask somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) This bougie bitch is like, your pen's not good enough. Well, it's a Sharpie S gel, okay? It's the .7, it's a gel pen, it's a nice pen. It's not a cheap Those pen. Those are my favorite pens. It's not a big pen. No offense to people who use big, but like it's it's a nice Sharpie pen. And so then I asked him, I said, Did you do you need a Sharpie? And he says, Sorry, I I gotta ask someone else. And I was like, You can have the pen, you know. Do you think I have questions. Okay. Do you think that he was just like hoping you'd roll the window down more and like try to snatch you? Or do you think, like, he's like, this pen is shit, I don't want your shitty pen? Or do you think he's like, this pen's too nice, I don't want your nice pen? I don't know. I'm offended overall by the situation. He did have, he had his right hand in his pocket, so the piece of cardboard he's holding his yeah, left Yeah, sorry, how big is the cardboard? It's like, okay, let's do some rough estimate, what is that, like 10 inches? Yeah. 10 inches by 3 inches. Wait, so it's not like you need a massive shotgun. It's not like you need... No. Not at all. Not at all. And it's kind of fucked up. Like, it's not even, like, a flat piece of cardboard. Like, part of it's bent I'm flabbergasted. (laughs) So I'm I'm offended. Do you think he's a big fella? Yes, it is. He's just like, no, sorry, I only do big. (laughs) Just saying big fella is going to sound weird. (laughs) Enunciate. Big. (laughs) I have... Honestly, not the slightest clue. So then... I'm like, you can keep the pen, you know, getting offended that he won't right. take my pen. Then he just says, sorry, God bless, and then walks away from my car. When he had his hand in his right pocket, right, and he pulls it out, he pulls out his hand to reach, like, kind of like he yeah. goes for my pen, but then he stops and he's like, sorry, I'm going to have to someone else. Is a pen a drug term for something else? Did so- he mean, like, do you have, like, a a, a, a drug pen? A needle? Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it was drugs. I don't know if he wanted me to dig around more. Like, keep my back, like, towards right. him. You was know? he, like, waiting for you to turn around? Did, was there something in your door that he saw? That he could, like, grab if you no. were to more? No. Just me. There's nothing, like, there's nothing visible in my car that he would have been able to see. 
All I gotta say is I'm glad you didn't get snatched. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't either. But when he pulled his hand out, I did jump just a smidge. I yeah, was just like I a little. Like, I was like, oh, I didn't. Maybe that's maybe he saw you flinch and he's like, this chick's scared. I don't want to take her pen. I'm already scaring her. Like, maybe he was just a nice guy. Yeah. Or maybe he's just a bougie bitch. Well, so then he walks away because I watch him walk away. I'm like, I gotta watch this happen. So he walks away and he goes to the restaurant that's right next there, and there's a construction truck. Mm-hmm. there and the back end is completely open like they got a canopy on yeah. their bed and the back end is open and he's just standing awkwardly by it and so i'm like are you gonna what ask is this guy doing well i was like what kind of pen does this bitch have <laughs> is this the grocery store closest to your house yeah but it's the okay. pharmacy the not that store it's okay the... the one across the street yeah <laughs> so that's where i'm parked yeah okay oh no that's mm-hmm. like a sketchy spot too like, I, there's something more, like, if it was a grocery store parking lot, for some reason it just feels, like, more public and open that yeah. it's not as creepy if somebody purchases you there. I mean, it still is, but not as bad. And it's early morning. Like, the store's not even open. I'm I'm the only person in the car in that parking lot. <sighs> no. Yeah. No. I should never roll you down You should have just window. driven away. Like, that's no, sorry. What, that's what my sorry, dad my said. It's broken. I can't roll it down. My car was on and started. There was no... It wouldn't have been obvious or anything. I just could have put that bitch in reverse just and roll left. away, sir. Just, just roll, roll away. away. <laughs> there was no reason for it. Okay, that's something we should probably address also for the podcast listener that we have. The, the one or two that are listening right now. We're 911 dispatchers, if you didn't already know that. Just roll away is this one time one of our coworkers told a guy to just walk away. And he's like, I can't. I'm in a wheelchair. So then our coworker was like, then just roll away, sir. Just roll away. <laughs> Separate yourself from the other human. Yeah. Keep yourself safe. Anyway, just roll away. It's just my favorite quote. I should have. Yeah, I should have <sighs> left. You should have. You should have rolled away. I should have rolled away. <laughs> I didn't. And now I'm offended for days. Yeah. This was last week. No, you should be. This is Why? a good-ass pen. You try to give him a good pen. Why wasn't my pen good enough, Kirsty? I don't know. I'll never know. Never. They'll mm-hmm. never know. Well. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about the Lamb Fam. That sounds more pleasant than it is. It's not nice. The it's, lamb. it's upsetting. I'm going to prop this up real quick. So it's either a family of murderers. No. Or a family got murdered also now oh okay that makes me happy there's then. <laughs> a murder within a family i just don't want to put the person who's murdered as like the main thing because then you know what's going to happen and i okay. don't want to spoil it i appreciate that so yeah once again we have a case with a ton of conflicting information and like lots of he said she said stuff uh so the death of this person whose name i get i'm not going to say right away because mm-hmm. i don't want her in it Right about a ton of, like, rumors around town. hmm Most of them at the expense of the one who was killed, but some threw a little bit of blame on... Or, sorry, the person who did the killing, but some of them threw blame on the victim, too. So, we'll get into it. Okay. So, the beginning. Charity was born in 1818. Charity Lamb was her eventual name. I don't know what her birth name was, because this is the 1800s. You get to pick your own name? What? No. She's... Hold on. She's gonna get married. <laughs> Her married name is Charity Lamb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna choose? I was like, what would mine be? <laughs> who's to say? Hmm. Who's to say back then? I don't know. No one. I don't know. Okay, so we're back in the 1800s. Okay. 1818. Okay. 
Yes, I'm just all over the 1800s for some reason. This was an accidental find. I was just on Murderpedia one day and I was like, let's click on the ladies. Now let's click ladies. on Oregon. And then I found this person. Wow. Uh, so she was born in 1818, Charity mm-hmm. Lamb, in North Carolina. And she was fairly well, well read for her time. Okay. So she was able to read and write, even though like she's a lady in the 1800s. Very that's, unlikely. That's very... I want to know how. I don't know, but she was born in North, North Carolina, so I don't know, like, what school resources there were, like, there at the time. I don't know. Probably not much. Probably not. Okay. Maybe she's wealthy. Maybe. Should they I don't tutors? think so, because she ends up marrying Nathaniel Lamb, who's a farmer. And farmers were not particularly wealthy at the time. <laughs> and that That's was in 1837 that she married her. Okay. Him. That she married him. She, that she married who? Whom? Whom? <laughs> So Nathaniel and Charity got married. They're now Nathaniel and Charity Lamb mm-hmm. in 1837. And then within the first year of them being married, she gave birth to their first first child, Mary Ann. Mary Ann Lamb? Mary Ann Lamb. Mary Ann Lamb. Yes. Mm, okay. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. So they had baby number one in the first year. Okay. A few more years pass. Mm-hmm. Still 1837. Okay. Then mm-hmm. a few more years pass. They had three more kids. Mm-hmm. I only could find names for two of them, which are Abram and Thomas, and then some fourth child. Okay. I don't know what the fourth kid's name is. Couldn't find it anywhere. Unknown. Yeah. Unknown lamb. And then, so in the span of 18 years, Mm -hmm. time has passed. Okay. 1852 happens. They're currently in Missouri, and then in 1852, they start the five-month journey down the Oregon Trail. Which I was like, oh my god, it's the Oregon Trail! So it's 1852 and they start moving from Missouri to Oregon. Shit. I'm like, oh my god, I found an Oregon Trail story. I was like, this is where it's at. Did they get dysentery? I don't think so. No signs of any hardships What did the they way. pack? I imagine they got bit by a few rattlesnakes on the way. Did they pack any? I wonder how many buffalo he shot. Had to have been quite a bit. I would hope. Hopefully, though, he didn't pack too much buffalo, because that meat weighs you down. It sure does. Hence five months. Right. But can you imagine traveling the Oregon Trail with four children also? That's a lot of kids. Yeah. And like her oldest kid's 19, but at this time I think one of them is like probably six or seven. The other one is eight or nine, somewhere around there. Like they're young, Mm -hmm. except for the 18-year-old. I'm like, damn, that'd be really hard. Yeah, but like eight or nine back then, essentially 25. Right, exactly. That's true. And there were boys, so they actually had value for the time. Yeah. You know, because girls are just useless. Exactly. Right? Always. <laughs> <laughs> Us girls were worth nothing. Yep. So, they make it to Oregon City area. Uh, they end up staying about 10 miles, I think, north. It said up from Oregon City. Okay. So, I take that as north. I don't know for sure. But I think they're about 10 miles north of Oregon City along the Clackamas River. Okay. And then they end up with 318 acres of land to farm. 318 acres. A normal single family lot is 0.3 acres today. So just picture that. And then 318 acres. That's That's like a whole ass winery. I just... It's a lot. Wish... I mean... What are you farming? You're not seeing any neighbors at that point. No. You're just... You're just all by your lonesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want it. I would love that. Give me that many acres. I just want five. 
Five would be plenty. That's enough. If you put your house in the middle of a five-acre plot, you're not going to be able to, like, see anybody close by. Depends. I could step outside nude and, like, nobody's going to see any definition of anything, you know? I mean... It'd be fine. <laughs> if you're... I don't know. I don't know either. I saw a Zillow listing one time out in the hills, like, south-ass hills by the mm-hmm. wineries and shit, and they, for some reason, they showed this... It's like a bachelor pad, but, like, for an old man, and he had, like, this big picture window. It was really pretty, and essentially an end table next to, like, a rocking chair. And on the end table was a pair of giant-ass binoculars. And I'm like, who the fuck you looking at in there? Granted, maybe he's a bird watcher. Maybe that's people watching. Maybe he's a bird watcher. My mind goes, you're spying on your goddamn neighbors (laughs) with a telescope. Why not? If you live that far out there, why not spy on your neighbors? (laughs) I create, it's like Sims, you just create your own world for them. I just feel like no one's life is that entertaining that I really want to watch. No. Do you know what I mean? Actually, no. If you don't... Last time I was here, remember, you didn't take your meds. That was yeah. really entertaining to watch. I mean, I did cut my finger almost off yeah. at one point, and then I was sprinting around the hole downstairs for like a full hour. And you were in the middle of cooking. But I wanted then to vomit when I touched a raw egg. Completely forgot you were cooking. Yep, and sure did. would walk away from yep. the stove. Yep. It was fascinating. Not good. No. But it was not fascinating. A great, not a great day. It was a good day. But there was just a lot happening. There was. It was like a full three days worth of events all in one hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There should be documentaries about people like me. There should be. There I'd watch are. I, I wouldn't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> That's too much commitment. <laughs> I would not watch it. I would. No. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Where the hell was I? How did we get there? Acres. 318 18. acres of land. Good memory. Thank you. Not me. 300 and something. 318. <laughs> <laughs> so they moved there in 1852. By 1853, they had already had like farmhands working on the land, and Charity was pregnant with baby number five or six, depending on which article you read. I found one that said it was she had six kids, mm-hmm. and then most of them said five. So I think it's baby number five, and I think his name is Presley. Wow. So it's, I think, four boys and Marianne. That's a common name that's becoming a common name now presley i know yeah i thought that was so weird so they're like i've never heard of like an old-timey little boy named presley they were on the trend yeah 100 years super trending hashtag trending is that a hashtag do people hashtag that that doesn't feel like a hashtag i don't know how to hashtag Hashtag fyp what for you page that's what that means yeah oh did you not know that no yeah (laughs) fyp for you page i was like fuck you something <laughs> fuck you philip yeah that makes a lot more sense why yeah, sure. why that hashtag is everywhere <laughs> fuck you philip <laughs> i think that's the new hashtag <laughs> fuck you philip no <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor philip i don't know any philips so sorry to any philips listening Neither do i i doubt there's any philips listening i i mean Considering we know almost every person that's listened to this, I don't think so. Uh, wait. Isn't, isn't Fry from, uh, Futurama, isn't his name Philip? Philip Fry. Fry? It sure is. That's the Philip. Don't fuck that guy. He's super nice. Alright, so we are in 1853. Uh, farmhands, baby number five or six, something like that. So Marianne is 19 now. 
And she finds this love interest in a farmhand who was working on their land the previous season. Okay. Who went solely by the name of Collins. I don't know if that's his first name. I don't know if that's his last name. I'm just going to call him Collins. A mystery man, if you yes, will. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. Collins works. So he stuck around just for the like single farming season, and then he took off to California. Mm-hmm. But not before he and Mary Ann had already fallen in love. So does Mary... So love at first season. <laughs> first farm season. But Daddy Nathaniel was not having it. He was like, no, quit that shit. Why? I don't know. Nathaniel's a goddamn you'll farmer. You'll find out in a moment. I'm sorry, I'll find out when? In a, in just a moment. Oh, you, just you, one I moment. I thought for sure you said that with an accent. Moment. Like that? No. M- moment? I don't know what accent that was. What version of that? <laughs> no, I heard moment. I heard your your famous accent. Ah, uh, yes. You'll find out in just a moment. <laughs> Is that better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, Nathaniel wasn't just possessive over Mary Ann. Uh, he's straight up dick to both of them in his family, basically. So she, let's see. I'm not exactly certain when Charity had baby number five or six, the last baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but later on, it says that he's a newborn in May. So I think when winter came around, she was pregnant still. Okay. Most likely. Based on timing. Couldn't find when he was born. Pretty sure, though, it was in either late winter or early spring. In winter, Nathaniel demanded that Charity help him carry this log. I don't know, maybe he's going to chop it or something. Mm -hmm. She's pregnant as fuck, though, at this point. She's got to be. Yeah. And so she either couldn't or refused to, and he punched her down to the ground and then started kicking her. Wow. Because he, turns out, is a fucking dick. Okay. So, wait, hold on. You said you looked at females for this. I have a feeling who our victim is. Do you have a guess? I'm going to deduce. His name starts with an N. It sure does. (laughs) Nathaniel's going down, but not before he beats the shit out of his wife. Do I have a suspect? We sure do. Okay. We sure do. We do? We do. Actually, a couple. There's a couple of suspects. Mary Ann sounds like one. Charity definitely sounds like one now. Both suspects. They're both suspects. I'm excited. It's made very clear, though, by the end, which one is the guilty suspect. (laughs) Very, very clear. (laughs) Don't worry. So at one point during this year, he threw a hammer at her fucking head. Did it hit her? It sure did. She got a gash across her forehead. Of course she did. So he's beat the shit out of her Mm -hmm. for not carrying a log while pregnant. And he threw a hammer at her, unknown cause or reason. Not cause. The cause was him throwing the hammer. Yeah. That was the cause. I don't know what the reason was, though, that he claimed to be his excuse. So, she's obviously scared shitless of this asshole. Yep. And she tries to leave at one point, but he holds her at gunpoint to prevent her from leaving. That sounds healthy. Yeah, super healthy. So, this is all still in 1852 to 53. Jeez, what a busy year. So, past the winter, that brings us into spring of 1854. That's not good. Yeah. It's getting okay. warmer. Remember how Charity knows how to read and write? Yeah. Well, Marianne's love affair took off to the south. They don't have phones yet. But they do have mail. Can he read or write? I guess so, because they try to write up a letter to him. 
Okay. So Charity and Marianne work together to write a letter telling Collins to send for Marianne whenever, wherever. And she's like, I'll be there. And in a lot of articles, it was reported that there was a weird love triangle between Charity, Marianne, and Collins. So, like, that Collins was a love interest for both Marianne and Charity. That's fun. I don't think it's accurate, though, because I think it was just, like, a weird take on the situation. I think what was, in my opinion, what was really happening was Collins and Marianne were, like, in love with each other. And then Charity was just like, let me help you guys get together and then I can come with you because this is a nightmare here and I don't want to live here anymore with this asshole. But she's going to just leave her fucking sons there? I mean, he's not beating them up. He's, like, taking them out hunting and, like, doing fatherly shit with them. Uh, He's, like, a decent dad to them for the most part. I'm like, I wouldn't leave my children there, but, like, I also don't want to get the shit beat out. I mean, he doesn't seem to be doing that to them. I don't know. So she writes this letter up and... It didn't end up getting sent because Nathaniel caught them. He caught them. He got this letter. He grabbed it from Charity's hands and he got pissed and he started screaming at her. Can he read and write? I'm going to say yes. Okay. I think so because he knew what the letter said. Oh, okay. So either, I mean, if I were her, I would have lied if he just asked me, right? Yeah, that's So he what... has to be able to read because... Okay. Yeah, and I think men were more likely to be able to read at that time anyway. It's, like, unlikely that women were, but men were more known to read. So Okay. Uh, he screamed at her for a full-ass week, and then he eventually threatened to kill her. Surprise. Great dude. Super great dude. And so he told her that if she ran away, he would follow her and, quote, settle her when she wasn't looking, which I take as murder. I'll kill your ass when you're turned settle- around. Not like I'm going to settle yeah. you... And give you a piece of land. Right. Yeah, yeah. we're going to settle this, but I'm going to settle you. <gasps> Which really, like when you settle an affair, you're ending it. And he's ending her. He wants to. He doesn't. Spoiler alert, he does not. Sounds but like she got him. She sure did. <laughs> <laughs> On the morning of May 13th, 1854, so we're still only two years after they've gotten to Oregon. Uh-huh. Like, less than two years, because they made it there pretty late in the... Well, I don't remember for sure. So, we're still within a couple of years of them getting to Oregon. Nathaniel and Abram are par- preparing to go out bear hunting with the neighbor. So, Abram's the nine-year-old? No. Thirteen-year-old, I think. He's a, he's an older son. I think he's thirteen. Uh, so, Nathaniel... Abram and a neighbor are going to go bear hunting this day. Nathaniel walks outside with his rifle, thinking he's completely alone. And he steadies his rifle on the railing of the porch. Guess what he aims it at? His own fucking head? No, his wife. (gasps) He aims it at Charity. Across the way. He thinks no one's looking, though. And Thomas, the nine-year-old, in court he later testified that he and Marianne were just, like, just inside the house so they could see it from where they were. So when Marianne stood up, Nathaniel tried, he moved the gun away, and he shot at a tree near Charity instead of actually shooting her. So it's thought that he probably wouldn't have actually done it, like, that he was just trying to scare her, but, um, because, like, she had just had the kid and was still nursing the baby, so people were like, well, I don't think he would have actually done it, but, like, who fucking knows? Because he was pointing it at her, thinking that no one was looking. Well, and he'd already done it before. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So that night, we're still on May 13th, 1854. 
That night, Charity prepares dinner, and she walks away while the family sits around the table to eat. It was presumed that she was tending to the baby in, like, the other room. Not that you really have very many rooms in the cabins when, in the 1800s. No. For the most part, it's like a room with a table and a couple of beds. But yeah. who knows what their setup was. So she leaves the main room, and then she quietly returns to the dining area. But Charity didn't join the family at the table. Instead, she approached the back of Nathaniel's chair, where he sat just eating his food unexpectedly. And Charity raised the wood chopping axe over her head and brought it down on his head. Oh, shit. Two blows. With everybody at the table. Yep. Kids all around, except for the baby, who's in the other room. No she way. She brings the axe down on her husband's head. Twice. But it doesn't kill him right away. Instead, oh, he's God. left writhing on the floor. Oh, my God. And she takes off out, out the room. So she leaves the house. She just takes off on foot into, like, the woods, but they find her later that night. And so she's, like, still in town, but I don't think she's under arrest at this point. She's just, like, they're watching her, like, keeping an eye on her. Yeah. Because he's still alive. Not for long. It's the fucking 1800s. You would be surprised. Thought this ended in Moida. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a surprising amount of time how long he lasts. So that night and for the following seven days, mm-hmm. Nathaniel was tended to by a doctor. Until he succumbed to his injuries on May 20th, 1854. What so, do you think they did? I so, don't know. That's the Two thing. blows like, to the head with a, with a axe? Yeah, and they pierced his skull. Like, it pierced his skull. It hit him in the brain. I mean, I assume. Brain's pretty close to the skull. It pierced the skull. It had to have hit the brain, right? Like, like at the very least, the skull is, like... Not in great condition. Yeah, like... Shit's gotta... Yeah. I mean, what if she's really good and she strikes in the same place twice? Right. I doubt... Maybe. Then she's hitting the brain. Because even if she does have good aim, I would imagine he's probably moving a bit. (laughs) That's also true. You know? So, anyway. But how do you not hear that, like, fucking wind up? Right. Well, I mean, if you just think she's coming to sit down next to you... You don't see a giant axe? No, she's behind him. He's just like, oh, she's just coming up to sit down. You're sitting near a bowl of spaghetti. The kids all around aren't like, Mom, where the fuck did you get the axe from? I mean, well, here's the thing. It's thought that she was maybe planning this moita with Marianne. Oh. So if Marianne saw it and she just, like, kept quiet, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. And the other kids are so much younger that they would probably be like, just silent. Yeah. You know? Okay. And then also... <laughs> The youngest son was the one that went hunting with him that day. I imagine, like, they were probably sitting a couple of them on one side of the table and the other. So there'd maybe, like, two or three of the kids would be able to see. Mm, okay, yeah. So if the youngest one saw it, he's probably going to stay quiet because he's a small child. If the oldest one saw it, he was one of the ones that... Wait, was it him? Or no, it was the nine-year-old that saw when he shot at... Or was going to shoot at Charity. I was going to say, like, maybe he's not going to say anything because... He's like, well, he tried to kill mom earlier today. Like, if mom kills dad, whatever. But also, like, they've been seeing all this abuse for the last at least year. So maybe they're just like. That he's got to well, come in? It is what it is. Yeah. This is our life. This is what we're used to. Okay. So he lives for seven days. Seven days. Mm-hmm. And it's not explicit as to, like, what eventually did him in. Mm-hmm. It's thought that, like, it could have been blood poisoning because that was super common for the time. Yeah. 
It not, could honestly be, like, there's so many Not the blows to, to the head. Right. Obviously blood poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, if it was blood poisoning, is it technically murder? I don't know. It's for sure some type of assault. Yeah. But, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, that day, the day that he died, May 20th, uh, coroner's inquest began. Which I had to look up what the hell that was, because I'm like, I've heard that phrase, but I don't actually an know what autopsy? it means. autopsy? It's not an autopsy. It's long outdated, but they essentially determine um, identity, cause, and circumstances of death, including identifying potential involved individuals. So it was like for fact-finding only. It didn't guarantee any criminal charges or convictions. It was just like, well, this person was likely involved based on all this other stuff, like these witness accounts or whatever. So, like, they essentially are, like, helping with the investigation, but they yeah. don't actually bring any charges about. Okay. So, this coroner's inquest was begun by Joseph Church, who's the local justice of the peace and the coroner, and then Constable C.A. Cantonwine. Cantonwine. Was also in attendance. Um, but obviously, there were no surprises during this inquest, because... Everybody saw the same thing, and Charity had already admitted to whacking her husband in the head with an axe. So she ended up being taken by the constable to this jail in Oregon City, and Nathaniel's body was brought to his grave by the coroner, uh, Joseph Church, who also ended up taking his children into their, his care, which I thought was really strange. And I'm like, does he do this for everybody? Do they know each other? Like, do you just have 5,000 kids now because you keep yeah. on adopting them after people die? Like... What, was what happened there? That's I don't know. Nice. I didn't find anything else on that. <laughs> I thought that was really strange. Okay. Sure. Why not? I could use a few more kids. Maybe he also had farmland and was like, I need more children to work on my farm. Could be. <laughs> Who knows? That's what kids were for at that time. Obviously. Just for farm work. Okay. So <laughs> July 11th, about two months after the death, uh-huh. uh, Mary Ann Lamb was put on trial in the U.S. District Court in Clackamas County for her part in the murder of her dad because it was thought that she helped plan this murder. She really didn't do anything, though. So the case was open and closed in one day. Why would they think that she had any part of it? Just... it I think it's because of the stuff that happened with Collins. Okay. Like, all the rumors and stuff that it was just like, well, she agreed to murder dad, like... I think she knew it was going to happen and didn't prevent it. Oh, okay. Like, mm-hmm. mom and her had a conversation earlier in the morning. Something to that effect, but there's not enough evidence. So she pled not guilty. Jury returned a, a not guilty verdict after hearing the super weak evidence against her. Because they're like, yeah, there's not enough here to say that she's guilty. This is kind of a lame case. Get out. <laughs> so, within, like, the next day or so, she had two court-appointed attorneys. Mm-hmm. They, the following day, were involved in all these other, there's like four, three or four other cases that they were also defense for. Okay. There was like a range, there's a not guilty, an acquittal, and it was like, it was a pretty good range of stuff where like, it looked like there's a good chance. Mm-hmm. So the next day, July 13th, after the, the in-between cases, Charity's trial started, and she had the same two court-appointed lawyers that Marianne had had and those other people who had like the raid so like they're not favoring anybody like they're actually going through these cases and studying them and you know defending these people to their best but it's super weird because during her indictment she was charged with premeditated murder which would be eligible for the death penalty 
But the court documents show that she just didn't even respond with a plea. What? And then the lawyers said something weird about the wording of the indictment and the charges. So there was some sort of technical error because of a new law that had just happened. And so they ended up putting off her trial until September. What? I still don't understand. I read it like four times. I'm like, what is this trying to say? But it was just something weird and some new law that had happened. The wording of the charges was no longer like usable. And so they okay. had to move move it to have like the words changed in the charges. So okay. they come back in mid-September. Um, her lawyers attempted to claim insanity. Because she seemed to have been made, like, temporarily insane by, like, the stress and the abuse about, you know, being potentially killed by her husband. Yeah. It's pretty stressful. Yeah. But she wasn't insane. No. So you can't say that she's insane. Are you sure? Even, like, temporary insanity. It's kind of a thing now, but it's not... It wasn't then. I guess. <laughs> so it didn't work. And then they tried to claim self-defense. Uh... Since he was threatening to kill her. And did half-heartedly attempt it that morning. But at the time that she killed him, he wasn't actively trying to kill her. And she killed him from behind. Right. And it wasn't like, it wasn't imminent. He wasn't trying to poison her right there. She didn't watch him put poison in her food or anything. Yeah. You know, so there was no actual imminent threat of him killing her right there. Mm-hmm. So then finally she claimed that she was just trying to stun him rather than kill him. With an axe? I mean, maybe with the blunt part of the axe, but she used the sharp part. I mean, it says that. That's yes. wild. Yeah. She used the sharp part of the axe. There's no fucking point at any given time. I'm like, you know what would stun somebody if I took a sharp part of an axe to their right. fucking head? Yes. You know, you know what would stun somebody if I slit their throat? That would <gasps> probably put them out for a little bit, right? <laughs> like, it's the same thing. No, it's not. It is. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, yeah, your throat. Sorry. <laughs> Neck probs. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Yeah. Moving on, <laughs> we'll go straight from the uh, the axe to the noggin. So then she ends up being found guilty, but of second degree murder, not first degree murder. Okay. Which to me makes sense because she caused his death. Is that what second degree says? I don't know because it's 1800s. What is second degree now? I don't know. I'll look it up. Let's look that up. Okay, I found it. Let's see. When it is committed intentionally, except that it is in an affirmative yeah. defense at the so time of the homicide, the defendant was extreme emotional committed by a person acting either alone or attempts to commit any of the following crimes. The person is committing an immediate flight therefrom the causes the person or another participant. Oh, okay. So basically, if you commit arson in the first degree, criminal mischief in the first degree, how the fuck would you commit criminal first? You're going to commit criminal mischief in the first degree and then accidentally kill somebody? Or someone Maybe dies. if you're, like, tampering with something. Like, if you tamper with a vehicle. Okay. Okay. Burglary in the first degree. Escape in the first degree. I guess you both those. Kidnapping in the second degree. Kidnapping in the first degree. Robbery in the first degree. Any felony sexual offense in the first degree. Compelling prostitution. Assault in the first degree. So, in her case, it's because she was under duress from the rest of the day. And probably the rest of the year. <laughs> Yeah, there's other subsections of it, but I have a feeling that that is going to be the reason. So, anyway, she's found guilty of second-degree second degree murder, 
even though it the reason like she had good reason to kill this guy honestly like he's beating the shit out of her he almost killed her earlier that day mm-hmm. she tried to leave before but she couldn't because he held her at gunpoint yep. so like her only option is to leave and she can't fucking do that either because he prevents her from leaving every time yep and so this all male jury because it's 1850s <laughs> this all male jury is like you should have just like left in the night well, she fucking can't, because last time she tried, she got held at gunpoint. Yeah. Anyway, so they're like, well, there's no good reason, like, because at this time, spousal cruelty wasn't Women are wasn't pro- recognized defense. Women are property. Right, exactly. You are meant to obey your spouse. Yeah. So, um, in the courtroom, her baby that she still had in her arms, because it's a fucking newborn, was taken from her arms, and she was brought to the primitive territorial prison. Which was, at the time, an all-male prison. She was the only female inmate because she was the first female convicted of murder in Oregon. That doesn't sound problematic at all. Not at all. No. What could go wrong? So, she was there until she was eventually taken to an insane asylum because probably weird shit happened to her while she was at this all-male prison. You think? I know. Weird. Hmm. Weird. So then she... She only lived until she was sixty-five years old. Only though, that's I know. Quite I guess a that's true. Fucking so time. it was eighteen seventy-nine when she died. Yeah, that's a long. And there were life. multiple things I read that said that she'd be like found just living her life in the insane asylum, just knitting in the corner. People would find her just knitting in the corner all the time. I'm like, that sounds not terrible. Like, sounds peaceful. Sounds better than the life she was living. Shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not approving or condoning murder, but. This case, I'm not saying it was the worst choice. Well, we, I don't know. Yeah, nowadays there's different cases that have occurred. That's a thing. Oh. So, Jesus fuck! <laughs> what was that? It was too small to be a bird and too big to be a bug. I don't know what the fuck that was. Me also. <laughs> Uh, so today, spousal cruelty is a recognized legal defense of murder, but at the time it obviously wasn't, because... Mm-hmm. But they were, like, looking for options. Like, they did try to find a defense for her, but you just couldn't at the time. But today, it's likely that she would have been able to defend herself, at least, with the claim of spousal cruelty based on all the shit that happened to her that year. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the stories of all the abuse that he caused to her, that he you know, him beating her, essentially. Him actually beating her. Him throwing a hammer at her and him shooting toward her. Those were all reported by his kids. Yeah. So. So, today, <laughs> there there would be a lot of felonies there. <laughs> a lot of felonies. Yep. He's going yeah. to prison. Well, if I mean, he, if, if he, he was alive. Yeah, if he lived. Right. Yeah. I mean, if it was today, hopefully, uh, they would have... Take arrested him before he could have been murdered, but you know, and then like no contact orders put in place by three hundred eighteen acres. Your neighbors ain't gonna fucking hear you. Yeah, but hopefully they would have their own phones and like the kids or her would have called. But you never know. Like people like to try to handle their own shit a lot of the time. You don't say. So any whomst that is uh, the fascinating story of the first female murderer in Oregon. That was a good one. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. It was interesting.
Thanks for listening. And thanks for being part of our Wicked Pack, you wicked bitches! Follow us for more fascinating true crime and spooky shit in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs>